On today's program, I'm either going to make some new friends, create some new enemies, might even find out uh, I may lose a few friends along the way. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I've been doing a lot of reading these last several weeks. We are currently in Florida this week. We should be back at our Georgia home this coming weekend. And the program then will originate from there for probably at least the month of May and into the first part of June. I'll tell you more about what we're up to in just a few minutes. I've been doing some reading on this trip. I I feel like a vagabond at times, and I hope that you'll bear with me. We're working using some very basic equipment as we're traveling. And so far, it seems to be doing all right. And I hope that the program uh, is up to standard. There are a few things I can't do uh, when I'm on the road in terms of doing interviews and other things. But hopefully by the time we come back in June to Florida, I'll have a couple of more little pieces to add to this setup to make it better so I can even do telephone interviews again, even on the road. One problem where I'm recording, I don't really have decent internet access, so I have to record pieces, assemble them, then go elsewhere to finish the program in order to get it uploaded to the radio station. So it may it may seem a little bit different than what you're used to hearing, but we're doing the best that we can under the circumstances we have, at least right now. I've been doing a lot of reading on a lot of topics in these last couple of weeks. Before we took the trip to Florida a little over a week ago, I had had plans for what I wanted to talk about during this time away. It was supposed to be a week, maybe a week and a day, and now it's running almost, not quite, two weeks. But there's a lot of things to get done, and as I said, I'll be talking about that later in the program. Some of the -the behind-the-scenes things I think you need to know about in terms of the positive direction for this program, trying to expand its outreach... I'm more convinced than ever. Had a conversation with a very good friend of mine, actually two different friends over the last couple of days, regarding this very radio program and what we're trying to accomplish here at Truth to Ponder. There's no doubt in my mind we live in a very, very unusual world. What is right is wrong. What is wrong is right. Uh, We have taken established scientific normalities and we have turned them on their head. We are told everything regarding gender, climate change, racism, all this is just settled information that can never be challenged. We've talked for a long time on this program and I'm going to continue to beat this drum as long as I can about the dangers we have in our educational system here in the United States. And I'm certain it's pretty much the same way in all of the so-called industrialized and Western world. And I'm talking United States, Canada, United Kingdom, pretty much most of Europe, even parts of uh, Latin America these days and Australia. This new ideology of self-centered humanism is descending upon our land. Parents today are so tied up in in trying to just keep their own lives functioning, moving forward, 
paying bills. A lot of people today, if you've looked at the price of housing where you live, it's obvious it's gone up over the years. Has, has, but have the wages gone up accordingly? In all that I can see, I don't think so. In all honesty, I just don't see it happening that way. I see families taking on these massive mortgages, and I see places. We have a family member that is leaving the state of New Jersey, and I don't blame them. Number one, you've got a very corrupt government in New Jersey. I don't care how you cut it. Governor Murphy is a corrupt and evil individual at heart, period. They live in, in a small little house. When I say small, I mean like, well, they could be smaller. I've seen some that are, but we're talking a small house built many years ago, um, under 1,000 square feet on a very tiny postage stamp lot. And they have to pay $5,000 a year alone in just property tax. That's, that's about $500 a month almost in just property tax. This little tiny house in a not really desirable neighborhood compared to many that I've seen, $249,000 is what they're thinking it's worth. Now, I know housing prices have gone up, but of late, I think that they've been going up faster than the rate of our incomes. I was thinking the other day, it was 1975, and I had my first little house with my wife, a one-and-a-half bath little house, three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. It was in Georgia, and it was all of $18,000. Now, granted, I wasn't making $1,000 a week, making a lot less. But if you look at the price of that same house we owned way back in 1975, or a house that I once owned in 1979. What we paid for then, what it currently is worth today, and how much income you would have to make. Even accounting for inflation, the wage I would need to make is not what I'd be making for the same kind of job today. It doesn't work that way. The, the job may pay three or four times more today than it paid, oh, back 40 years ago, maybe even five times. But the house is seven or eight times what it was worth back in those days. When a house is worth $20,000 in 1975, I'm just rounding the numbers off, and now it's worth $150,000 that's almost a seven-fold increase. But the income that I would have made for the same job is not a seven-fold increase. I don't see that. And so it takes two people working today to pay the same bills that we had 40 years ago. Now, what has that caused? It's caused a lot of detachment of mothers from their children. We also live in an age of readily available, easy to obtain divorces in many states. So if parents decide they want to do something different to feel better about themselves, to be more fulfilled, they just dump their current spouse and start over again with somebody else. And they reason to themselves this thinking process, 
well, I know we're busy all the time, but you know, we, we just need some, we just need some quality time with our children. We, we can't give them the quantity that we once did. We'll just, we'll just give them a little bit of quality time. Maybe, maybe on Sunday morning, maybe, maybe on Saturday afternoon, maybe not ever. Or maybe we'll just send them to school early for breakfast and let them be the babysitter after school until they're old enough to come home and unlock the door and go into their bedrooms and watch YouTube or get on social media, whatever else kids are doing today. I'm not saying that when I came up, we didn't have our own distractions. We had music, we had books, and occasionally, I didn't watch that much TV except at night. I never... I don't remember watching any television in the daytime, except maybe as a young, young child watching a few Saturday morning cartoons. I don't really remember watching a whole lot of TV. Sometimes on a weekend at our grandparents' house, if the weather was terrible, you couldn't go outside, might watch a movie. We're talking like 1967, the million-dollar theater, some black-and-white movie from the 1930s or 40s, maybe some Three Stooges. Maybe you remember those. The media that we had in those days also didn't make us angry, did not make us violent, did not make us to be treacherous to our parents or responsibility. All of us are instinctively a bit lazy and we try to find the easy way out. But I'm saying today we have multiplied that factor and we've we've just simply empowered young people to be nasty to other people. And we don't say anything. We just remain silent way too often. This morning... I went out to get a little bite to eat before coming to this microphone to do today's radio program. And and I found a video from Alex Torba. Now, he is the founder and the head of a a social media group called Gab, G-A-B. And I find myself more and more going there rather than to fascist book or, or Twitter I really don't go to Twitter much anymore. Occasionally, a news story may have a link, but I just, I've just i just given up on Twitter. I, I think I have one account left. All the accounts associated with the radio program I've disposed of, I've gotten rid of them. I don't want this radio program or even, even my faith-based work to have anything to do with Twitter, period, over and done. I keep one kind of private account so I can observe from time to time what people are saying. And Twitter has become a very censored and a very angry place. You have to toe the line or you get deplatformed or your tweet is taken down until you, in essence, apologize and beg permission to come back by deleting, by getting rid of what you said, because Twitter found it offensive, even if it's the truth. Remember, truth is not what's important on Twitter. The narrative is the only thing that is important. You either toe the line on the narrative, especially on certain issues, or your tweet's taken down and you're accused of hate speech, being angry, being all kind of stuff. So Alex Torbis got this little video. And from what I've seen, I was going to play the audio, but you have to beep out certain language 
at least I'm going to beep out. I'm not going to let you hear it. And I realized if I let that tirade go on, it's about mm, 30 seconds long. It would be like a 30-second tone. You really wouldn't hear but a few very hostile and angry and hateful words of a daughter to her mother. Apparently, the younger brother was taking the video with his phone, and he popped it up somewhere, and it's gotten out. It's kind of viral. And this girl is just all angry that her parents eat meat and go to church. How could they do something so evil as eat meat and and even worse? I mean, we're talking even worse. Go to one of those racist, homophobic, uh, uh, mean, evil, hate speech churches. And she is literally melting down in almost an hysteria. You would have thought somebody had died suddenly in a tragic accident. She is just screaming, and she's screaming four-letter words and horrible obscenities and telling her mother, I hate you. I hate you. I hate your church. I hate everything you stand for. You are no longer my mother. I no longer look up to you. And she just goes on and on in this ugly screed. The Bible says you reap what you sow. Real simple premise. Anybody that ever had a garden understands that. You don't plant tomatoes and harvest bananas. I mean, it's just pretty simple stuff. You, you reap what you sow. And what parents have done willingly and unknowingly, well, maybe in some cases they didn't, didn't care. But what we've done over the past 30 years and it's gotten worse and worse with each passing year. Kind of like the analogy of, you know, you throw a frog in hot water, he jumps out. You put him in cool water and slowly heat it up, he'll stay in there till it's too late, and he's cooked. We've been doing that in our educational system, our public educational system primarily, though there are some private schools that rank right up there, in destroying the moral foundations of our young people and filling their heads full of leftist nonsense, which then is amplified. It is then made a part of what they think through their social media and their friends. In other words, if I want to be accepted in society, these are the things I must believe. Even if they're nonsensical and non-provable, you still have to believe them or there's something terribly wrong with you. And so we have parents that they have their careers, they have their car payments, they have their mortgage, they have the utilities, they have their insurance, they have their taxes, all kind of other activities, and they really don't spend the time they should with their children. And if they go out somewhere like, even to a restaurant to get something to eat. The kids' faces are in their phones. They're not talking or engaging with their parents anymore. One of the saddest things I ever saw was a few years ago, and I think I saved a picture somewhere. I may use it one day. It just it just hit me so hard. I was getting ready to speak at a church, and it was early on a Sunday morning, and I needed to get something to eat before I could get to the church to have breakfast. I was staying in a hotel. And I went out to this nice little restaurant. It's a Sunday morning. And 
there's a table not far from mine. And you look at the scene and you know exactly what it is. It's father's weekend with his two children. A boy and a girl, I would guess maybe 13-ish for the girl, 11-ish for the boy. I could be off a year or two. Hard to tell. All three are sitting at this at this table in this very nice family-type restaurant. They're not saying a word to each other. They're all three staring at their phones. They're kind of, you know, grunting as they eat. They're not communicating. They're, the one girl is constantly texting somebody. Little boy's just reading or playing a game, and the father's doing the same thing. And I ate alone. And I just kind of observed for the minutes that I was there having my breakfast. And I'm looking and I'm realizing this father's not even connected any longer to his his children. He's nothing more than, well, I'll just come out and say it, the sperm donor. He doesn't really have any impact on their lives. When they left, the kids are still staring at their phone as they're getting in the car. And you wonder, is that all they do all weekend? They go to dad's place for the weekend and play video games, watch TV, and play on their phones. Do they ever really engage with their dad in any activity? And and from what I've learned over the years, they don't. Increasingly so, they do not engage with the parent. They're engaging through social media, and they're being indoctrinated in the schools on what to truly believe. That if your parents go to church, if your parents eat meat, they hate the environment, they hate you, they hate people, they hate everybody, and they're, they're racist, they're homophobic, they're just evil people. And you must denounce them. This is what's being taught in our schools today. Look at any college campus. There is only one speech allowed on most college campuses, and that is leftist dribble and insanity. If you don't buy into leftist dribble and insanity, you are ostracized. You are called a hateful and mean-spirited, racist, homophobic individual that doesn't value the sanctity of a woman's body. And it goes on and on. Now, I didn't really plan to get this deep into that topic starting out, but I wanted to talk about that little short video that I saw. And then there are other things that I'm reading. If you use Facebook, and I do because it's part of what I have to do to understand the world around us. And I'm getting a little bit more bold in what few things that I post. I post a few family things, but I'm just getting where I'm trying to more be more of an observer than a participant. I need to know how the other half thinks. In this pandemic world in which we live, depending where you go, the world is so different, very different. Today, for example, I went to a small restaurant in a small community in a small town um, in Florida, not one of the big cities by any stretch of the imagination. And I walked into this restaurant thoroughly prepared, because you never know, uh, to at least be Mr. Nice Guy and not make a scene, and I can put on my little face covering for a moment to sit down. And I open the door, 
There's nobody wearing a face covering, not even the staff. The world is back to normal in this small town. They have chosen not to play the fear and scare and yelling at people game. They've decided to begin to live their life, and I, I commend them for that. I think it's wonderful that they're they're acting like, you know, there are more important things in this life than to fear a man-made virus, and that's what it is, a man-made gain-of-function virus, to which now they are trying to, through Facebook and every other way to force you to take this unproven, untested, unknown vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's a, it's a gene therapy. It's doing some stuff to our bodies. We don't know what the long-term effect is going to be. And that's one area I'm going to get into on the program today, and I know that I'm either going to gain some friends on a few of the things that I'm going to share. I might make a couple of enemies along the way. You may turn the radio off. You may cancel listening to this podcast, and that's fine. You have to make your own choice in that matter. But I'm telling you right now, I don't trust the vaccine. I don't trust the way it's being pushed on people. I saw somebody, I, I really don't know them. I have way too many friends over the years on Facebook. A lot of it has to do with having done a radio show and other media over the years, and people know of me. I really don't know of them. And I end up getting friends along the way that I can't remember how they got there. And this one lady, I'm not going to say what state she lives in. I will say only that she lives uh, in a blue state. Let's just put it that way. And she's one of those type that goes to a church. And she was just pleading with all of her friends to hurry and get one of the approved vaccines. Well, number one, they're not approved. They're approved for emergency use authorization only. They're not proven because they've never been tested. They've never gone through the full trials. They've never done any of this stuff. So she's already working under this false assumption, which is what the media has been pushing for weeks, if not months, that these vaccines are proven and they're effective and they're safe. How many times have you heard they're proven, effective, and safe? Facebook, every time a word that even is similar to the word schmaxine or vaccine, every time the word is out there, they always put this little notice. Vaccines are safe and effective. If you have not had yours, get yours today. Facebook wants me to put a little uh, picture frame on me saying, I have been vaccinated. How about you? Well, a waffle iron turned on to the highest temperature setting uh, a snowball would have a better chance in that waffle iron for 10 minutes than getting me to consider taking this experimental gene therapy. I, I just have this bad feeling on a number of theological levels and also practical levels. Number one, when you look at the history of the United States government, let's let's do a little bit of, let's go back in history a little bit. Do you trust the United States government with your health? I don't. They've experimented on people they thought were disposable for, for decades. From the 1930s, 40s, 1950s, prisoners, people that didn't know were being exposed to things as a lab rat experiment. Our own government, 
allowing people to get sick, suffer, and in many cases die. This is our government. Government, I don't believe I'm saying this. Everything that I was taught about our government growing up, I'm finding out that at the bureaucratic level, it's a lie. It's purely a lie. Look at people like Mitt Romney or or George W. Bush. They're rhinos. They're conservative. They're basically wolves in sheep's clothing, not to be trusted. We... I can remember over the years, we get, you know, the Republicans get the majority in the House, and then all of a sudden you get uh, the Ryans and the Bonners and all those in charge, and, and they're just as corrupt as Nancy Pelosi. They're in it for the money, the fame, the glory, and the power. I'm beginning to feel, unfortunately, that we can't trust some of those that claim we can trust them. We have come to the point where it's two sides of the same coin all too often. I'll see some town that's supposedly run by conservatives, yet they spend money like drunken sailors, and no offense to drunken sailors, they probably have a higher standard than some of the politicians. But this vaccine scam, and I'm calling it that, I didn't think this way six, seven months ago. I was on the fence. I wanted to be more certain. Some of the things I was reading back then gave me just a little bit of a pause. Number one, knowing the history of some of these pharmaceutical companies who create clients, not cures, and how many millions or billions of dollars in fines for criminal activity have some of these companies have to pay. And now we're rewarding them with a worldwide vaccine program to, in theory, inoculate seven point something billion with a B people. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I don't trust our government. In the 1930s, did a little bit of reading about this, and this was kind of a fascinating little side story written several years ago on history. One of the leaders in one of the departments in our government that they've always tried to point out is one of the things everybody should aspire to be. Back, if you if you listen to radio, and I listen to some old-time radio when I'm traveling, the G-Men, the good old G-Men, these are the guys at the FBI. They're going to... St- stamp out crime syndicates and all the stuff that goes with it. And you look at who led that organization for many, many, many decades. J. Edgar Hoover, a cross-dressing transvestite that had a dossier at everybody in Washington to keep his power base going. There's no doubt about that. That's not even open for discussion. In the 1930s, He admired how Adolf Hitler had such control over his nation. And he actually went as far as to send some of his top agents in 1937 or 38 to Germany to learn from the Gestapo how they could gather information and have such control over the people. 
This is J. Edgar Hoover, the guy that's supposed to be the big hero during the, uh, the years of prohibition and now anti-crime rackets. The man was a transvestite dressing in women's clothing with a dossier on everybody with power in D.C. to control them. And he did it without any shame, without any morals, without any care. To me, it's an abomination, the fact that the building in Washington, D.C. is named the J. Edgar Hoover Building. The man was an abomination to freedom, free speech, constitutional protections. And guess what? The FBI still is a constitutional disaster. I know some news commentators try to say, oh, the rank and file, the rank and file. Well, maybe so. But the leadership is corrupt to the core, immoral, degenerate, and reprobate. Every one of them. From Comey to even the current director. There's a lot that is, you know, look, the current FBI says the shooting at the softball practice field where Republicans were gunned down by a deranged leftist who was looking to kill Republican congressmen. They're trying to say that that was suicide by cop. Well, that's not how it works. You don't come that armed and try to kill people just to get yourself killed. And he didn't realize there was a undercover security detail there. The FBI is corrupt to the core. The CDC is corrupt to the core. The U.S. Congress is corrupt to the core. Half of the United States Senate, probably more, is corrupt to the core. The White House is corrupt to the core. The bureaucrats are corrupt to the core. The CIA is a traitorous, murderous group of people descending their brand of warfare and destruction uninhibited for, what, 80 years? I'd like to believe that we are one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. But we have a legal system now, not a justice system. We now have leftists that are out there screaming like lunatics, demanding their idea of mob justice or else. You know, somebody, that cop better be found guilty. We're going to burn this city down. And they're considered the peaceful protesters. Listen, I'm going to talk about some stuff that I've been learning about the vaccine on the next part of the program. And I'll begin the next part giving you some updates from Florida, uh, things about this ministry, this radio program, and some of the things I'm working on. I can't tell you everything because there's still some negotiating going on. But, but believe me, there's a lot going on in the background you need to know about. And I'll tell you all about it in just a few moments. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The first love. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Today, the word is Ahava. It's Hebrew for love. It's beautiful. Try it. Ahava. 
Now, love is so important. It's the key. It's what the Bible's all about. When, when is the first time the word love occurs in the Bible? It's Genesis 22. When God says to Abraham, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. This is the first love of the Bible. The very first appearance of the word love in the Bible. It's speaking about the love of a father for his son. This is awesome stuff. You see, the Bible is about the love of a father for a son. God the father for God the son. This is the first love. This is the first love of the universe. This is the love that makes all other loves possible. The love of the father and the son. It's by that love we're saved. And within that love, we're born again. So it's that love that has to be the basis of our love. What kind of love is it? Well, what kind of love is it in Genesis 22? It's the love of a father letting go. It's the love of a father letting go of his son, ultimately his son on Calvary. It's a sacrificial love. It's not a love that demands or needs or requires or loves only to get back. It's a love that gives up and lets go. It's perfect. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial love. See, true love is an offering to give without seeking anything back. So with what love are you to love with in your life? The same love, the love that demands nothing back, expects nothing, lets go, sacrifices everything. Love someone today with the unconditional love, expecting nothing back. Bless somebody today with total sacrificial giving, selfless love, because this is the first love. This is the agape. This is Ahava. This is Calvary. This is Messiah. This is our salvation. And this is our faith. Want more? Ask for love notes. Now, if somebody offered you a gift of a million dollars, what would you say? Well, something better than a million dollars, something that'll help give you a strong, victorious life in God, a free subscription to Sapphire's Vitamins for Your Spirit, and the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's all you do. You'll be so blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the harvest is great. The laborers, though, are few. I invite you to join me in the harvest. You don't need a plow, just an open heart and a pen, and you can reach the unreached peoples of this world. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, the zip 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend and Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder, the Thursday edition. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. As I mentioned at the top of the program, we are currently broadcasting this program from the state of Florida. Now, I don't have all the equipment I'm used to using. I'm actually using some very simple recording equipment and trying to edit it together and get it loaded in time to air in the radio stations and for those that listen regularly as a podcast. Now, we're in Florida for several reasons. I needed to visit some family members and take care of some family business, which I had a good time doing. That was last week. Matter of fact, a week ago today, I was over on the other coast of Florida visiting with my daughter. And I'll tell you more about that and maybe in an upcoming episode what's going on there. Uh, We also visited our house and our other daughter on the east coast of Florida. And I've been doing a few little odds and ends over at WRMI. One of the things that I'm working on, 
And I don't want to get too deep into this yet today, but I'm, I'll tell you more as the weeks progress, especially as we get into June and July, you'll be hearing a lot about the work that I've been doing over there and things that I'm trying to make happen. There are several things on the agenda. Number one, this program, you as a listener have let me know in no uncertain terms the importance of this radio program being on shortwave radio. We're seeing the tech tyrants clamping down on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and other social media. We see shadow banning of even, you know, getting information through companies like Google. They, they, they minimize your search efforts to the things they decide you need to see, not what you want to see or should see. They're becoming, in essence, a filter kind of a filter the Nazis would use back in the 1930s to make sure that you're only getting the official line. And if you disagree with that official line, well, there's something wrong with you. And so we want to make sure this broadcast is continuing to get out there. And I'm looking at other transmitters and frequencies that can be put into service, maybe make some changes and increase the reach on shortwave. It's one of my big projects. I'm gonna share a couple of other things that are also in the back of my mind. I've thought about this on and off for about eh, six, seven months. I've done a little bit of research. I'm not sure if I can install it at our Georgia home. I know I can in Florida because I have a, I don't have the woods and, and hills and mountains in the way. But I'm looking at installing at our house one of those free-to-air satellite systems. They're not that expensive. And they have the advantage of a handful of credible TV channels. Not all of them. There are a lot of Christian channels, some I would never watch, but some that I think are worthy of, of viewing. And there are also a number of radio channels available as well. I know what the cost is to create a radio channel for the free-to-air satellite. I can do it in mono uh, for one rate, stereo for basically double that rate. If I want to do a lot of music, I may consider that, but right now it's not in the budget really to do either one. Maybe, maybe try it out in mono and try to get programs on from people you don't normally have an opportunity to hear because... Number one, they're not the big boys. They're not represented by the big agencies. They don't have this long track record um, through what I call the controlled Christian media. And, and I'm trying to choose those words carefully. I'm not trying to be condemning some radio stations, but there's kind of a habit. Uh, there, there are two kinds out there primarily. Some that just play the mass marketed music that have very shallow lyrics, at least they're family friendly, but I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to accomplish. And they're the K loves and others that many of you maybe may, you may listen to. Not my cup of tea. Um, the music needs to be more Christ centered in our walk with Jesus Christ, not all about me and what I want and feel. And I've wondered if putting together a satellite channel that you can attach to your TV or home stereo. Or, or some kind of speaker system, might be a great alternative to have 24-7 programming in your house where you're not depending upon the internet or cable TV. 
I'm giving that some serious consideration. I'm looking at developing some online channels for those that have no other alternative where they can listen. And I know what the technology costs. It's not that expensive anymore. I, I think back what equipment like this would have been when I built a satellite network for Toccoa Falls College back in the 1990s to provide programming to radio stations. It was not cheap, and the monthly costs were extremely high. But thankfully, those costs have come way down. And so it is a distinct possibility to launch a free-to-air satellite channel playing some of the, that hard-to-find quality Christian music that's almost not even recorded anymore and bring to you some other voices that teach sound doctrine and biblical teaching. I think that would be a benefit to many of you. Programs from alternative voices when it comes to things like medicine and, and understanding the world around us and decoding the nonsense that has become our world today to understand how the reprobate mind functions and works. So that's just one of the things in the back of my mind. Do you think there's any merit in a free-to-air satellite system? Well, free to you, not to me, but I'm saying, would it, would it be of benefit? Would there be programmers willing to put very small dollars into having, you know, to share time on that if I put the project together? I've been praying about a lot of things we need to do in this darkening time ahead. And, and the world is becoming a darker place. The media is no longer your friend. They're no longer the fourth estate trying to keep honesty and integrity in government. They're often just state-run media, MSNBC, CNN, all of them. They're just, they're there to destroy your mind and make you comply. They want to be the elite masters over you. They want you to be just obedient little servants. We need to find other voices, and I, I'll use online as long as I can, and I'll, I will develop a channel or two. I've got one that I've been playing with that's been out there for a few years. It doesn't have a big following, but it's something that I put out there, and you may want to look it up if you have a computer. It's called Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. That's where, when you support this program, this is what I do it under. Uh, the cost of operating Ancient Word Radio is like very, very, very little, and none of your contributions to this program are supporting that audio channel, just so you know. Uh, that's funded elsewhere and has been for three years. But what would you think about a channel that played traditional Christian music? Ancient Word Radio currently plays the, like, Reformation-style hymns from the 1500s, 1600s, and 1700s even 1800s, and it is just primarily music. I've thought about adding some short-form vignettes. I'm looking for people that would do that. I had some in mind, but it, it didn't work out. One of my good friends, Ian Anderson, who you heard last week on this program, who passed away on the 5th of April, I was hoping to have him record some of those, and he had thought about it. But I know there are other voices out there that God is trying to raise up. And if you have the ability to put some of this together, I can't help you too much, but I can help you to a degree. My time is limited, but I'd like to launch that channel and maybe one or two others and make one of those online channels also available on a free-to-air satellite where you have a mixture of music, 
long-form programs like this and even some short-form programs. Would it be something of interest to you? Let me know. Why not contact the program from our website, which is truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com, and you can also email me directly, bob at truth2ponder.com, bob at truth2ponder.com. If you believe in this radio program or some of the things that I'm talking about in free-to-air satellite, um, let me know. You can also write me a physical letter. You could even include support if, if God lays that on your heart. And our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley. Two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. That is truth to ponder. You can reach us at 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, Berkshire Lane in Sky Valley, Georgia. And the zip code is 30537. Honestly, I'm just one voice of many. Just a small voice, small radio program. I'm not a big, well-known anything. I'm not a Rush Limbaugh, the late Rush Limbaugh. I'm not a, a Sean Hannity. I'm not reaching those kind of millions of people, but I'm reaching those that God would have me to reach. And that's why I need your prayers and, and your support. And I also need to find others of like mind. I really do. Because I think the day is coming that we're going to need a lot of moving targets, so to speak, to stay ahead and keep us connected in community, community being different than compound, but I mean, we need to be connected. And I'm thinking free-to-air satellite, I'm thinking online as long as it's available. And of course, I think one of the most important voices we have right now, international shortwave, and I want to see that expand. I really do. I really want to see more programs, more opportunities, more options, more channels. The news and information today is so controlled it is controlled by a handful of people. Most of them are, are billionaires that, that will tell you how you must live your life to do what they say you should do. And, and thinking about that, I shared, I couldn't play it, but I, I shared with you that video of this young teenage girl screaming at her mother, cursing her out with four-letter words and calling her hateful things and hating her. This is how sane works. He's dividing children from their parents. He is, he's polluted their minds using our public schools and our colleges and universities. I saw a survey one, one day this, this week that said uh, it was actually, I don't know how I got it, but it was from you know the people that support Bernie Sanders types, wanting to know what I thought about making sure that college tuition is free. And I said, well, it already has, it's already been devalued in my opinion. I meet many college graduates that are that are functionally illiterate and ignorant on on real topics. They go by feelings. They repeat and regurgitate narratives that their leftist teachers have given them. Adolf Hitler took over the schools. Stalin took over the schools. That's where you train the next generation to do your bidding in the schools. And everyone, even Mao Zedong, did the same thing in China: divide the children from their parents the great cultural revolution. They were out there killing older people and trying to wipe out religion, free thinking, anything. 
you had to toe the company line. And these students were indoctrinated and filled with power and rage. And don't think we're not heading there in the United States today. We are. We are there. It's not coming. It is here. It's just going to get worse. Then we have the pandemic. Now, I've been watching some videos, and I'm going to share something, a little article here in just a moment. But I've been watching some videos from actual nurses and medical doctors. I shared one from a nurse earlier this week. I don't have the ability to share the audio that I'd like to uh, currently in our, our recording setup, but maybe by next week I can bring you some of that material. I'm watching this short video, about three and a half minutes, and I wish I had the audio track to share with you, but I watched it three times, and I can pretty much tell you what this doctor was saying. You know, a lot of medical doctors are getting online. They're trying to get videos out there or material out there, and in no time at all, Facebook or YouTube, they crush it like a bug. They got to get rid of it. They got to make sure you can't see it. Uh, TikTok, any of the other media sites, If you don't fit the narrative, you have to be silenced. You must be crushed. You cannot have that opinion out there because it is dangerous. Now, these are medical doctors. These are not quacks. These are not weirdos. These are people that have been in this business a long time. They, prior to the pandemic, had just outstanding reputations. Their patients love their doctors because their doctors were effective. I can remember the doctor I had as a young child. This has got to be 50-plus years ago. This guy had done his stint in World War II as a doctor and had a, a practice at his home, which was commonplace back in the 60s. And he was one of those, he was kind of a super smart old country doctor. I've had a couple of those in my life. Well educated, they keep up, but they don't buy everything the drug companies are selling. They also under they also understand common sense. They also understand how God knit together these bodies, and they are more incredible than medical science gives them credit for. And I look at my health compared to others over the years, and mine has been very good. And I'm very thankful for that. Some of these doctors are questioning the vaccine. And they have a number of reasons. Number one, is it really safe? Number two, is it effective? Number three, what are the long-term effects? They don't know. We don't know. There is no official word because we have never used this kind of technology on human beings before. We've tried it in animal studies, and it's become a dismal failure. That, what, that, that much we actually do know. So why do we want to play with this with billions of people? Is there a nefarious intent behind it? I begin to wonder. And I'm not really, if you know me, you know I don't buy into most conspiracy theories. I'm slow to get there because I have to research it slowly, methodically, carefully. There's a lot of things that people send me that I can tell you right now is baloney. It's nonsense. It's out there to eventually trap you up to make you look like a fool. And I I hear people on the radio, even shortwave, spouting some of these weird theories that are not true. And I don't want to be a part of that. There's enough stuff we do know, enough stuff that can be proven to make me concerned about the vaccine. This one doctor was saying he's no longer allowing patients who have had the vaccine in his office because we're beginning to learn something. And it's starting to come out that people... This vaccine is not a vaccine. It's not an attenuated virus. It's not, we don't even have an isolated virus. 
So how do you have an attenuation of something we don't have? But we do know about the spike protein. So what have we done? We've created this messenger RNA spike that then your body begins to reproduce these spike proteins. And allegedly, the theory is that then your body will build antibodies against what it's producing and thus make you immune to COVID-19, which doesn't happen. You can still get it and spread it. That's why even after Biden allegedly, and I say that cautiously, uh, has his two doses, uh, he still wears a face mask because he can still spread or get the virus. So what's the purpose? This guy is saying he's noticing something that these vaccinated patients hanging out in his office are impacting the women on his staff, changing their reproductive cycles, menstrual cycles, and other, other things. Their menstruation is, is not normal. And he's very concerned about one member of his staff who is pregnant. And this is coming from close contact with those that have had the vaccine. So he put a stop to it and said, no more, you're not coming in. And he's noticed those problems have diminished. Are we creating factories in vaccinated people that will affect non-vaccinated people with these spike proteins? Will we diminish the population of this country by premature death and the ability to interrupt the ability to, to have children? I'm beginning to become concerned on that one. And I'll be doing a lot more research and talking to people that are in the medical world that are legit that have a reputation, they have the training, they have the experience, and they have the reputation. Even people like that are being silenced. But it says in this one article, and I'm not going to have a whole lot of time to read all of it, the growing fear during this pandemic is second to nearly no other time in medical history for the depth and breadth of the strategies used to stoke those fears. Emergency use orders, mass mandates, suppression, this is the key, of health information, all support a public fear over a viral illness with a survival rate of well over 99%. Ivermectin has now fallen in a victim to those strategies. Things that we've been using 30 to 60 years on people that work, they try to say you can't use it. We have to have a vaccine. You don't need a vaccine if you've got a cure or a way to treat a disease. And they're trying to suppress the actual workable treatments. There have been all kinds of studies done using ivermectin and others, you know, including, you know what, hydroxychloroquine, that when given early, make a big difference. But no, our, instead we say, oh, go home and see if you recuperate. If not, come to the ER and we'll put you in the ICU and shove a ventilator down your throat and maybe you'll live. But we need to get the vaccine. Heart disease has a vastly higher death rate than COVID-19, about 18 times the number of people die from heart disease. But we're not going bonkers on getting rid of soda pop and everything else. We know that it works with the Zika virus and others. Yet why are we suppressing these treatments that work? And instead we have this one size fits all from the pharmaceutical companies that now say you'll need a third, fourth, and, an, and a forever every year dose or two of this vaccine. I don't trust it. Our government used to experiment on people blindly and killed them or made them very sick or left them incapacitated or crippled, seriously injured, 
all in the name of progress and science. So I don't trust our government anymore. And I, and it, it breaks my heart to say it. I'm conservative politically, of course, but my faith takes precedence over my party affiliation. I'll say it now, I've said it a thousand times. You'll never fix this country at the ballot box any longer. You can't even trust those who claim to be conservative any longer. We can only change it one heart and one person at a time by introducing them to Jesus Christ. You don't introduce them to a party. You introduce them to a savior. Your vote will follow the best that it can. That's all you can do. But we have to start changing people one person at a time. And I agree with Andrew Torba at Gab. We have to develop our own economy in essence, our own ways of communicating, our own satellite channels, online, radio stations, shortwave programs. We have to start doing this now. We need to be connected with fellow Christians to help support each other. Like if there's something wrong and this guy can fix it, then you need to have that kind of, in essence, community. Communities within a community. I'm not talking compound like a Jim Jones. I'm talking where we find a way to work together to stay connected. We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to get away eventually from the PayPals and certain banks that will eventually tell me I can't use their service. I know that day is going to come. Hopefully, we'll have our backup plans put in place. We need to work on them now. We can't wait much longer. Time is growing short, my friend. Way too short. Whether this is the Great Tribulation remains to be seen. But it's going to be a time of incredibly horrific tribulation and persecution to Christians. A Finnish pastor is, you know, in Finland, facing six years in prison for quoting something from the Bible in public. Six years. It's Things like that are beginning to happen in Canada. It won't be long before it hits here in the United States as well. Trust me on that. We need to find ways to stay connected and stay out of, quote, the mainstream. Let the Holy Spirit open the doors. Would you consider supporting this work with your financial gift as we try to grow more than just a radio show to grow a platform. If you want, you can support this program by writing us. You can use our mailing address in Georgia, which is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia. Zip code is 30537. That's 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, lane number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. You can also visit and support us from the website, which is truth2ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. We don't sell any product. We don't sell any books or DVDs or any of that stuff. You know, everything you, you send is going to be used to, right now, expand a short wave eventually we're going to begin to look into some other options to get to your home as well until tomorrow's program may god richly bless you this has been truth to ponder with bob bierman to find out more visit our website truth the number two and the word ponder.com that's truth the number two ponder.com truth to ponder Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.